Uh, welcome this morning uh, on this great Tuesday. What is it? The 22nd? May 22nd, 2007. We're here for our fifth lesson uh, from the Raven uh, Institute of Ministries and Biblical Studies on the book of uh, Romans. Been having a great time in this, Pastor Alex, last week. And the, this week, just kind of an announcement. We'll be here today and we'll be here tomorrow, 9 o'clock uh, Eastern time from 9 to 10 uh, Eastern with, the, with our, our sixth class tomorrow. Then we will not be back until next Tuesday. Because we're going to be in New York City, New York, for uh, this weekend. We're going to leave Thursday, meet up with about 25 or 30 uh, folks involved in the ministry from all over the nation. We're going to uh, descend down upon the 12 million folks in New York City and preach the gospel. Just looking forward to, to having that. I think some of the folks that are probably in, on with us tonight are, are, are going to be there. And just be praying for us. Uh, you guys, we just appreciate your intercession and just uh, lifting us up in prayer and We've always had a tremendous time. I remember when I first got invited to New York City years ago. Uh, man, it's just something in my heart. And we're just believing that in, in the next few years that we'll have five Raven teams in New York City, one representing all five of the boroughs. Be, yeah, be great. The numbers that big, you know, that, that sounds huge, but it really, I mean, 12 million people, five teams, that's a... But that's the least we can do. It may mm-hmm. have to go bigger than that. But be praying about our, our trip up there. Pastor Alex, you made your first trip up there last, last year. Last year, yeah, it was great. Did you enjoy yourself? And I was great. Was it everything you thought it would be? I didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, I, uh, when I first got there, the, just the uh, sure number of people and the, the, just the big, how yeah. big it was kind of was a, it was a little Gotham shocking. aspect. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of took me back for a minute because... You know, even though you minister on Bourbon Street and you minister to the masses there, when you get there, it's just a whole different yeah, deal. It's unbelievable. And so, uh, the minute you just start saying, "Hey, it's the same thing," it's just people, no matter it's where you're at. A lot more at. of them. Yeah, just a lot more of them, and you just kind of get back out there, and it was good to go. Amen. So, you guys appreciate your prayer, praying for us as we uh, uh, head to New York City this coming week. Uh, I know we have several here, like I said, that are going to be there. John Adams, you see. Uh, uh, some of you that are logged on through our interactive portion, you'll see Danae's name. Uh, John is her husband. He's going to be traveling with us from here. And uh, Also, I think uh, Wanda and Ed are going to try to come down. We'll probably find out from them maybe this morning through the webcaster this this weekend. But they're, they're wanting to come down. We'll get people coming from, from all of our teams that are going to be joining. So please keep us in prayer. I just got back, Pastor Alex, as you well know. <laughs> you picked me up from the airport uh, yesterday afternoon. You took me Friday. You picked me up yesterday from, from Amarillo, Texas. Uh, uh, you know, they call Daytona Beach where we're at now the birthplace of speed, but that was really the birthplace of Raven Ministries back in the, the mid-90s. Oh, and, yeah. You know, when you and I were there and, and working together and pastoring churches and, and doing all the stuff. So I was back there, and I was with uh, uh, Pastor Don and Robin Dykes. They're going to be uh, starting a Raven Training Center right there in Amarillo, Texas. That's awesome. So we got to meet with a lot of folks and uh, had a good time Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Sunday morning, I preached at Church Alive with uh, Pastor Mark Rector and had a great time with those folks and just had a good time of meeting with everyone and laid the groundwork and some folks that are really excited about being a part of the Amen. Raven Training Center Amen. in Amarillo and just an opportunity to equip some saints for the work of the ministry. Uh, Pastor Donnie, boy, I tell you what, that brother pushed you. I was up, I think, every day until about uh, <laughs> you know 3, 3 o'clock, 3.30 in the morning and we was back up the next oh. day hitting it again. And so, But we had a great time. Those guys are precious and the daughter Madison uh, would just demonstrate so much hospitality. I know God's going to do some tremendous things with them. So if you're in the Amarillo, Texas area and you want to get involved uh, really in the grassroots, matter of fact, really if you're in the Texas Panhandle area and you want to get involved, uh, contact me at raven at biggrace.com mm-hmm. and I'll get you the number to Pastor Don and Robin Dykes 
and uh, let them know to, to contact you if you'd like to be a part of that. Anyway, Pastor Alex, we're back here with uh, uh, the, the study in the book of Romans. And uh, before we get started, why don't you just bathe us in prayer and just, just invite the Holy Spirit to come and, and be a part of this lesson this morning. Yes, hallelujah. Father, we just come before you in the precious, the precious name of Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We just thank you, God, for your mercy, Lord. God, I pray that this morning would be, Lord, just a renewing, Lord God, of our mind. God, that our mind would be focused on you this morning, God. And that, God, although we've had so many things throughout the week, Lord God, I pray that this moment and this time, Lord God, we can function. Holy Spirit, you're just welcome to lead and guide us into all truth. And I thank you that you're always with us. That you're always here, Lord God. That you're always watching over your children. That you're always ready and willing to do anything, Lord God. Father, I pray that today, Lord God, this morning, that our minds and our hearts would be open to your understanding, God. Open the Scriptures to us. Let it become life, Lord God. Let it become rhema. Let it become that God breath, Lord God. Let us be able to breathe in that Word, Lord God. Let, Let it fill us. Let it fill us deep. And Lord, we need... Your mercy this morning. We need your power this morning. We need your understanding this morning. God, I pray for anyone that's battling uh, anything this morning. God, through sickness or or, or just dealing with uh, personal issues, Lord God, mental issues, Lord God. I pray that you would bring your holy power, Lord God, and begin to deliver, Lord God. Bring clarity, Lord God. We need to feel your anointing this morning, God, across the country and across this world. I pray where we're sitting, where we're where we're sitting in front of the computer, Lord God, that your anointing would come and open up the scripture yes. to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Uh, Pastor Alex, I mentioned when we first, I guess the very first uh, session of our uh, our training, that uh, out of Acts 17.11, that says the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians, that uh, they received the word of God readily, but they searched the scriptures if so. And in that we asked people to, uh, if you had a question or a comment or something that uh, regarding something that we've been teaching in the book of Romans, send those in. And so, praise God that someone actually was listening and, and we got these. And, and really, I, w- I want to say that again. If you've got a question or something that you just need some clarity on, maybe it's when you're listening to the program for the first time, or whether you're going back and clicking the link and uh, re-listening to it, or if you've downloaded it to MP3. I actually um, uh, downloaded it to my iPod, and on the way home last night, I listened to one of the, the lessons on the airplane for the hour-long program. How was it? It was good. <laughs> I was really blessed. But you know, and it does. It gets as you you, uh, you hear those things that you, you think about things. And, oh man, we could have brought this out or whatever. But it, it's really good to get you to thinking about other things and kind of serves as a uh, basis for that. But uh, our brother Steve Ignowski, most of you guys know Steve. Steve's on as a. Uh, Iggy Steve and, and he heads up uh, Lifeline Ministries there in Elkhart, Indiana doing some things in, in the, the jails and the detention centers and out on the streets and so uh, work. And he's a Berean, praise God for that. And he also, he's been blessing us by, by recording these, uh, these messages on here so we can make those things available to you. Uh, not just right now, but we can send out uh, CDs. But he had a good question. He said, he said, I have a question for us. I'm going to read the email that I got from him just a little bit ago. And he said, you mentioned in the last class, uh, class four, he says, that God cannot be disappointed. That disappointment is an unmet expectation. That's exactly what I said. That God cannot be disappointed because he knows the beginning and the end. I was wondering if you could clarify that. He said, because at times, I feel that, uh, that God is disappointed in me. At his people, who, those who are disappointed are lukewarm, etc. So he basically said, you know, there's, there's times in my life that I've, I've felt the disappoint, that I've been disappointed in God. And the guy's been, you know, disobedient towards the, the lukewarmness or the church. And he says, I know that it says in the Bible that he, speaking of God, was grieved. He was angry. He hates. 
and that the Bible says God repented that he made man in, in Genesis 6.6 6, and he repented he made King Saul, 1 Samuel 15. He said there's a few other scriptures also mentioning God repenting. Is, is repentance a type of disappointment? Uh, question for you. And so, you know, you think that it's great. I, I, that's a fantastic uh, question. I, I appreciate you, uh, Brother Steve. And also, he asked us to be praying for him tonight. Uh, they're, they're taking some new guys into the Elkhart County Jail for the first time. So we'll pray for them as we close out today. Amen. And we'll pray for them tonight on the Raven Nation Amen. program. And so, I know, I know that's a fantastic question. You know, we, we sit here and you and I are talking about it across the table from one another. And, and uh, because we've, we've dialogued on this many times, we know, what we're, we know what we mean by saying it. But sometimes it doesn't translate from here right. to someone that hasn't had the, the, the benefit of being in that conversation or being in that study. So I so appreciate it because I, I believe every single one of us could say exactly what Steve said. Man, I've felt in my life that I've, I've done things that have been disappointing. It's felt that, right. that there's, there's, there's been these unmet expectations. That is very, very common in the body. How about you, brother? I mean, have you felt that? Oh, absolutely. There's, and in fact, I remember uh, you preaching this message one time at, in Amarillo, and I thought to myself, there's just no way. Because <laughs> just the feeling of how you feel like God is just, that you've done too much, or you've done something that you just know that God is just, well, disappointing. You're just mm-hmm. like, man, God is really upset with me because of what I did, you know? Right. And so... That's very, very common. And you run into that on very uh, people's attitude that a lot. You know, I preached a message yesterday morning. And uh, afterwards, there was a, a family that was there. It was a mother and, and, and three children, two sons and a daughter. And the mother, after the service, I guess there had been some conflict within that family. And I mean, the, the family, the two children were adults and there was a, a, a younger son. And the mother was just visibly shaken by a situation there. And she said, you know, pray, pray for my kids. It seems like they just hate each other. And so I just began to talk to them, and, and they didn't hate each other. Some other things going on in their life, but the young woman that was there was had been involved in sexual immorality. So she's 20 years old, and uh, had a child out of wedlock, and but she had, she was living in, in her mother's home, and so I guess as part of living there, her mother made her attend church with her. And so as I was talking and really kind of refereeing this situation, at, it was after church. Uh, you know me; I'm just real plain spoken on those things. Are you yeah. saved or not? And you know what can we do about it? Uh, right. Anyway, my mother happened to be there with me the other side, and, and she, uh, and while I was addressing the young man and his mom on an issue, she asked the young woman. She said, "She said, I just feel like the Lord is saying that there's the, the, the reason that you haven't come to Christ is that you feel like He has been so utterly disappointed in you, and that you sinned so much that He can't forgive you." Mm-hmm. And she began to weep, and she said, "That's absolutely the truth." Wow. And so uh, we got to share with her and began to show her this, this the mercy of God. But but her her refusal I should say or even failure to repent I don't think it was really refusal I don't think she really even realized that she could was that she was thinking that God had to have been so disappointed mm-hmm. in her that there was such an unmet expectation on her part that there was no hope right and I saw and just as you said Pastor I believe that's kind of commonplace uh, you know in the body of Christ feeling that so can God Himself be disappointed I want to give you a scripture today if you're uh, if you're, you're with us, and this is really, this is just a continuation of, of verse 2 where it says God had promised to four by his prophets in the Holy Scripture. What we talked about in, in that lesson last week was that, that God sees the end from the beginning. God prophesied this message. He prophesied this messenger. Right. He said he's going to come and God appoints us for a purpose and, and for a reason. That, that God's got a will. He's got a desire. And th- because of his foreknowledge, he sees those things. So he, he knows 
Who's going to be saved? He knows he's going to repent. But by no means does that mean that that circumvents the free will of man. That says that God realizes and knows those things. But we get these tricky words that are thrown in like that. In Exodus 32:14, I really kind of sums up, and I want to use this to answer Steve's question and really to go back to verse 2 and to give some, a little bit more clarity to you, if I, if I may. And it says in Exodus 32, and, and listen to these words, and I'm, I'm going to throw this out because this is another monkey wrench into Uh-oh. that statement. And it says, The Lord repented. Okay, there's, there's what my brother said. Uh, that, you know, what about this? And so it says, The Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Now, and what was this concerning in Exodus? Was this concerning? This was, yeah, Exodus 32, this is a relationship to when uh, Moses went upon the mount to receive the, the tablets of the law. And as he and Joshua were coming down, they said, You know, we, we think we hear the, the sound right. of war in the camp. And they said, It's not war, it's, it's, it's a party. Oh, man, they were partying down. And so that's when. Uh, Aaron had, had, had taken the, the, the gold and the things and fashioned the golden and calf. And, and, and God spoke to Moses. He said, I'll destroy them all. He said, I'll, I'll raise up a seed through you. And, and Moses, the, the pastor that he was, began to, to cry out to God not to do that. And it says that God, that God repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people. Now, if I just leave that like, it's at, like it is, man, I'm thinking we're, we're serving a God that was wanting to do something evil. Right. And, you know... In, in, in some of our translations, even the King James, I love the King James, I cut myself, my, my teeth on the King James. But some of those words become archaic and so they're, they're difficult to understand. Right. And so if, if, you're, if you're with us this morning and you're, you're taking notes, which I hope that if you are with us, you're, you're taking notes. And if you're hearing what I'm saying, you're obviously taking notes. Or if you're receiving this on CD or, or, or MP3, that, that word repentance is, is the word uh, nakam. Which, if you want to write an English version of that down, it's N A C H A M, N A C H A M, out of Exodus uh, 32:14. And, and literally, Pastor, it means to console or to comfort oneself. Hmm. To console or to comfort oneself, and to have compassion as a result of. Now, now listen to that. Yeah. It says that the Lord consoled or comforted Himself, and as a result of that, He had compassion. To do, but listen to this, he had compassion not to do the evil. And so here we are. Okay, he was compassionate, he comforted himself, right. but the response was not to do the evil. Now, we, now, now we're tripped up. We got over one obstacle, now we're right back into another. Right. Now that word evil, now write this down, it's just the word rock. Rock. R-A. R-A. And, and, but listen to this, this is very, very critical to understand what this is. And we'll get more into that just in a second. And it, it literally can be defined as a vicious disposition of ethical distress placed upon something. That's a mouthful, and I want to yeah, say that yeah. again. It's a vicious disposition of, of ethical distress placed upon something. And let me kind of break that down in layman's terms. It's, a, it's, it's something that comes out. A disposition is, is something that's revealed. You know, something's disposed. If you're in a, a legal situation, they'll bring all the witnesses together and they'll have a deposition. So it's a lot like that. But a disposition is taking something and, 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 and putting that information out. And so God had a... It was a vicious... It was, a, it was something that was forceful. It was something that was, that was, that was powerful. It was something that was, that was, that was very evident. So when, when he spoke to, to Moses in, in Exodus 32, it wasn't, you know, man, I was, this year is a bad situation. But it was a vicious disposition. But it wasn't just a vicious disposition of anything. It's, it, it was a, of ethical distress. Mm. Now, brother, have you ever, uh, God forbid, and you can have mercy on us, and I'll, I'll, I'll admit as well, but have you ever been upset? Oh, yeah. You know, I remember a couple, a few weeks ago, I guess it was, on the <laughs> webcast. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. 
that we were uh, Pastor Alex is actually in Austin, oh, Texas. Oh, sorry, I'm so bad at you. Yeah, exactly. So it, was, it was funny because you know people forget that their microphones are open. <laughs> Pastor Alex in Austin, Texas, having. And Josiah, which is their four-year-old son, was, uh, was acting up, and he said, "Josiah, I'm so mad at you." Yeah. And you know, and we so we got to hear all over the nations, uh, Pastor Alex uh, correcting his four-year-old son. Great. Now, now, now think about it though. I know how you are about Josiah. You love that boy, uh-huh. and so, but it was a. It, it may have come across as 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 evil. It may have come across as as harsh. Right. But it was it was really a vicious disposition of ethical distress. Mm-hmm. It was it was a response to his breaking a rule. It wasn't because Josiah was there or Josiah was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. Your response was based upon him breaking a law. Right. I don't know what it was. I, I couldn't see you, obviously. <laughs> I could just yeah, hear I could tell you what it was. You could tell <laughs> me what it was. But uh you you placed that, that ethical distress uh, distress or that response to his action. And so uh I want to uh, make a point here. Uh, that 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 nachem, it's all, that that n a c h a m that that repented. Also, you can write down Genesis five twenty nine. Genesis five twenty nine. Give you another time that this is used. This is the very first time that that word is used. So okay. we say that the Lord repented. Let's go back to the thing. There's 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 something in the scripture called when you when you interpret the scripture called the law of first reference. The law of first reference. And okay. so what you do is you go back and you establish the first time that that something like that was utilized. And that becomes the reference point. That becomes the place that everything else. We talked about the other day about you know missing the mark or whatever, and how God utilizes those things to give direction into your life. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same way with the Word of God. Let's go back to the, uh, the the place of first reference and see how God used that. And so in, it's Genesis five twenty nine. And check this out, Genesis five twenty nine. It says, and He called His name Noah, speaking of uh, of the birth of Noah. And it says. This shall this same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Now here's the response. You know we got we have uh, we have the fall of man. We have uh, all the wickedness that's going right. on. And all of a sudden Noah's going to be born. And he said, "Let's call." What's Noah's father's name? Lamesh. And he said, "So Noah's going to be born." And it says, "This same shall comfort us concerning our work and the toil of our hands, because of the ground which the Lord has cursed." Right. Which speaks of. The ground which the Lord has cursed was because, because of the fall of Adam, man. Adam and Eve. So they were cast out of the garden. Obviously, they had to toil, and the thorn and the thistle would grow up with the fruit of the land. And now, you're probably wondering, well, I didn't ever hear the word uh, repent in there anywhere. I've heard the word comfort. The word comfort. Right. That's the first time that, that word that is, that is uh, uh, translated repent in Exodus 32:14 is actually used in the Scripture. And so what if I said, and he called his name Noah, saying, this shall repent us. Concerning our work and toil of our hands, yeah, it'd be difficult to understand that. Yeah, but that was the first time it was, and so it meant to, to bring comfort because of the ground which the Lord has cursed. Now, now think about this for a minute, Pastor. You know, it's it's saying that within the context that repentance or that comfort within the con- context of of what happened at the fall of man. Right, man fell. Right, what was cursed? It says the ground, and everything, everything else was cursed yeah. as a result of it. But in the midst of the ground being cursed, ever and you know the ground being cursed uh, for them, it, it took on a different meaning because right. it was the work of their hands. Right. I mean, they toiled in the ground. Their life started food, food. Everything, everything about the them yeah. came from the ground. And so I mean, it was their provision. It was their source. I mean, they they put a lot of work into the ground, mm. and so he brought comfort into that. He said, "Listen, there is the the, the response." Uh, this uh, this disposition, this vicious disposition that came upon as a result of of this this ethical distress 
of the fall of man. Mm-hmm. But in the midst of that, that I'm bringing comfort. And so when I say that, that God can't be disappointed, and what it is, it's, it's a sense, and I'll put this, I want, and I want, I want, let me, before I say that, let me say this. Genesis 6, 6, 5 and 6 is what uh, Brother Steve had mentioned. Here's what God said. And it says, God, that's Genesis 6, 5 and 6, for you guys that are writing the references down for me. And it says that God saw the wickedness of man uh, was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Speaking mm-hmm. of man. Right. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him in his heart. Right. Now, that's, that's pretty hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. That's pretty uh, difficult to say, you know what, listen to what we've done, how we've responded. Now, but it's that same thing. It, 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 and man was evil. And so it's not the same raw evil. It's not a vicious disposition. Right. And so, but it says that it, it repented the Lord, or it consoled him or comforted him, or he, as a result of that, he had compassion. Right. And so it, 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 it touched his heart. It, it influenced his heart. It, it motivated him out of the character of who he is. And so even though man was wicked, even though man fell, it showed that in the midst of that, God made provision. Right. And so when when was that provision made? This is the time before uh, Noah and the flood, right? Yeah. But obviously, when was the the provision that that caused that? It was made before the foundation. Yeah, okay. And so we see that there was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. We got to see the manifestation of the love of God at the cross. Right. Now, now, think about this for a second. As I'm sitting here, I'm just, I'm just seeing this. We think so many times that everything occurred in finality at the cross, and certainly it was finished. Right. But it was, it was finished in manifestation. Right. But it wasn't just finished in, in promise. The promise had began way before. Right. And so the, the promise was even in place prior to the fall. Right. Because uh, he was the Lamb slain before, before the foundations of the world. Right. And so before man was made. There was, a, there was a provision made for that. Wow. There was a trump card. There was something that was there. So the provision. Otherwise, there would be no hope even in the Old Covenant. Right. And so there's, there's a cross that we look at that was the manifestation of that, that, that type of uh, that, that consolation or comfort that God has or that compassion. And it's the cross. We sit in here 2,000 years later. We look back at that work on Golgotha's Hill. Mm-hmm. But them looking forward, even from the moment that, that Adam and Eve fell, there was a picture of the cross being painted. Right. We see it in, in the sacrifices that he, that he took the animals and he slew those things and, oh, and made those, them clothes. We see the types and shadows mm-hmm. of those things. And we see them with the, with the giving of the law, with the, even before that, with making an altar unto God and, mm-hmm. and worshiping and making sacrifices. And we see it with Abraham and Isaac and offering a son and going to offer a son and finding the ram in the bush or, or, or that sacrifice caught in the tree. So right. there's all those, those pictures. And so there was a comfort in that even in knowing and so when that repentance comes forward, we hear the repentance of the Old Covenant, we, we've got to look at it within the context. And uh, then it says that in, in Genesis 24, 67, I want to give you another example of that, how that word is used. And it says, Isaac brought her unto his mother, Sarah's tent, and he took Rebekah. This is when Isaac went and, and that he was given a wife. And it says she became his wife and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Right. Now, did, was this saying Isaac repented or Isaac wanted to change... That's not it. Yeah, That's Isaac, the exact same Isaac word. Isaac was repented after his mother's death. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And so there was a comfort that came in. Why? Why was he comforted by this woman? What brought comfort to him? I, gu- I guess as being married. He loved her. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about what he went through to get her. Right. Now, and you've talk- we've talked about this oh, with your man. marriage. with You You better not bring that on camera. If you uh, well, I ain't bring all of that. <laughs> you better not. But you always considered her that one that, man, you were willing to do whatever you could for her. Right. 
And so, uh, and, and you know, even with 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 with, with with that provision and when working and saying, you know what, God, and, and you as a young man, you know, you know what God spoke to you concerning your wife, and, right. and you were and you were willing to go through much grief, right? Why? Because you knew that there was a provision, there was a comfort, and so even when you said to, you, you said, God, I'm laying her on the altar. Yeah, that was a tough one. It was tough. Yeah, and so you would you would pray and you would mourn and you would grieve, but you never diverted from that predisposition right. that you have. That you know what I know what God has said. I know what God has promised for me, so I'm going to do those things. And I know there's people that have faced those type of things that we think, you know, what is it? Is it is God angry at me? Is God upset with me? Or is God bringing comfort and provision into that situation? I'm going to clarify that in a minute. I'm throwing a lot of stuff out. Yeah. Genesis 25, excuse me, I'm going to jump to Genesis 50, 18-21. Okay. And his breath, uh, and, and really, I'm, I'm, I want to go into this type of detail because I think it really a question like this warrants that because you really need to come away with some, some extreme clarity on these things. So Genesis 50, 18 through 21. And it says, His brethren also, this is talking about when Joseph went into the land of Egypt. You know, his brothers uh, hated him. They hated him because of his relationship with his father. And so they, they, the first thing they did was they, they, they took him, they threw him in a hole. You know, boy, you know what? You've, you've been you're yeah. spoiled rotten. We don't like you. And they threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery. He ends up uh, being put in Potiphar's house, accused of something he didn't do, sent to Egypt, and God just sovereignly, because that was a part of God's plan, raised him up. Now he's set in, in, in uh, the second uh, man in, in Pharaoh's house. And a great famine enters the land. This is the nutshell shell of it. Then all of a sudden his brothers come, not knowing. They're thinking that he's dead or, or something. They're right. certainly not thinking that he's holding this position. Right. They show up and it's exposed. He invites them to a dinner. And he shows them who he is. Right. And it says, His brethren went also and fell down his face and said, Behold, we're your servants. And Joseph said to them, Don't fear. They were afraid that their brother, now that he had this power, yeah. <laughs> was going to kill him. And he said, For not. He said, Fear not, for I am... He said, Am I standing in the place of God? He said, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly uh, to them. Right. And so, how, how is that applicable to what we're saying? And so, I want, I want to put this down and write this down in your notes concerning what we're talking about here. Godly repentance will always be a response to righteousness rather than a response to sin. Godly repentance is always a response to righteousness rather than a response to sin. And so when we talk about God repented or God was grieved or God, uh, uh, we'll, use that, we'll use that word, comforted, it was a response to righteousness. Right. Disappointment is a, is a response to failure. Or missing a mark. And I, and I said the other day that, that, that disappointment is unmet expectations. Right. And what is sin by definition? So it's missing the mark. It's missing the mark. Right. Now, can God ever miss the mark? No. So what does God... Does God respond to missing the mark? Or is God's response always in response to righteousness? Right. Okay. To righteousness. Yeah. And so, and what happens, brother, in, in people's lives, they'll say, we, we've dealt with it, many of you have, that, that witness on the streets or in jailhouses or in your families or whatever. You'll meet someone, you'll tell them, and you'll say, brother, you need to repent. And they'll say something like, oh, I'm sorry, righteousness rather than, uh, m- most people think the repentance is a response is, is a response to sin rather than a response to righteousness. Righteousness, righteous repentance is a response to righteousness. Okay. Repentance otherwise is a response to sin. So here's, a, here's an example of just what I'm saying. So godly, godly repentance 
always responds to righteousness rather than responding to sin. And so you'll meet people and they'll say, you know what, I tried it before, I've already repented. Right. But have they really repented? No, they haven't. What have they said? They've, they've done something, whether they've got on drugs and brought destruction to their family, whether they've been an alcoholic and lost everything they owned, and then suddenly they, they run and they see all this sin, they see all this calamity, they see all this pain that they're feeling, and they say, well, God, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Now, what are they sorry about? For the sin. But are, are they sorry for the sin or are they sorry for the they consequences of sin? sorry they got caught. <laughs> They're sorry they got caught. And we talked about, and this, this is a great question for our Roman letter that he asked because we talked about that we're going to expose the difference between the sin nature, right. sin, uh, and the, the effects of sin, sins, as right. it's going to be broke down. And so are they responding, are they repenting because of their sin nature? Or the fruit of the sin. Probably the fruit of the sin. They're saying, man, I better do something about it. That, that My sugar daddy, Jesus, has got to show right. up and fix my circumstance. Right. Otherwise, you, we wouldn't see those types of things so prevalent in the church. <laughs> you know what I just saw an image of? What's that? Uh, just a tree. You know how we talked about a tree and then a fruit? It's like, it's like having rotten uh, fruit on a tree... And uh, let's say it's apples, we have to take green spray paint. You just like try to spray yeah. over it. You just try to uh, cover it up, but you haven't really dealt with it because no. the fruit's still rotten. It just looks pretty now. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's that's what I saw in my yeah. mind. When and that's really that. what it is. So we want we want our repentance to be a response just to our sin, or it's going to get us out of those problems. Mm. I've asked many times, and you've heard me say this. When's the best time to decide it's not a good idea to jump off a 12-story building? Before you do it. Before you leave the edge. Yeah. Because if I respond to my missing the mark, and I'm eight, nine stories up in a free fall, uh -oh. you know, what good is it going to do me? Right. What am I responding to? I'm responding to my situation rather than the holiness of God. Right. And so it, repentance, and it, when it's a godly repentance, what it does is it says, listen, I'm thinking, because where's sin conceived? In the mind. It's conceived right here. Right. You know, and so uh, we we have the opportunity to do that. So the best time to repent is not after you've sinned; it's before you sin. Right. When the conviction, the, the Bible says that there's no temptation. That's, That's where sin is. It's yeah. come that that's come upon man, but that which is common to all men. Mm -hmm. But with every temptation, he's made a way of escape. He's made a way made a way of escape. He has brought comfort mm. to make a way of escape. Sin is here, and sin can either be responded at through through judgment and wrath. Or it can be responded to through the comfort. And so it's, a, it's that, that forceful disposition of, of, of ethical di the distress upon a circumstance. And so what God did in these situations where it says God repented, God said, listen, I'm not going to respond to sin. I'm going to respond to holiness. So I'm going to inject holiness into that situation. Moses, they're down there doing these things. And so he cried out and God said, out of my character... I'm going to respond in holiness. And so rather than destroy them all, holiness and comfort comes into that situation. And so holiness in, in the difference in, in, in many times what we call repentance, or really what it is, is people feeling like their hands caught in a cookie jar. Mm -hmm. It's not repentance at all. Right. It's not a response to righteousness. It's a response to sin. And so as a result, it doesn't produce the fruit of those things. And now, uh, Hebrews 10, 26-31. Here's another scripture for you. It says, For if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remains no more sacrifice for sins. But a fearful uh, looking of judgment and fiery indignation of which shall devour the adversaries. It says, He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. 
How much more sore punishment suppose ye shall we have uh, thought worthy who has trodden under the foot of the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherein we were sanctified as an unholy thing and has done respite, despite to the Spirit of grace? For we know that, that uh, we know him that has said vengeance, or there's that, that, that vicious disposition belongs unto me. I will recompense. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll respond righteously, says the Lord, and the Lord shall judge his people. What kind of judgment does the Lord judge with? Righteous. Righteous judgment. Then he says this, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. There's that evil, that's that, 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 that disposition. And so it's a, it's, a, it's a fearful thing. And so if, if I'm saying I'm going to respond righteously to those things, it's a fearful thing to fall into that. And so when, when it says that God repented, God comforted them, because he knew that there was going to be that situation. It, it wasn't a response to unmet expectations. It was a response to his own holiness. Mm-hmm. And so when God responds, he's not responding to a missed mark. He's responding in, 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 in response to his promises. And so whether it's uh, Troy or, or Alex or Steve or anyone else who says, Man, I feel like God is, is disappointed in me. God is not just responding reacting to our things and saying, man, okay, I've got to fix this or I've got to do this as a result of that. What God is saying, and here's, here's, here's what He says in the Word. He says He'll cause all things to work together for the good of those that love Him right. and, according to their pur- and according to, if they're called according to His purpose. And so what we get when that conviction comes, what is that? That's, that's God repenting. That's God comforting us. That is God injecting something into us, that, 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 that holiness, that, that morality, that power into our lives to get that. So it's not Him re- responding or being uh, uh, disappointed. It's God saying, listen, I'm, I'm making a way for you. Before the foundations of the world, I made a way in my Son Jesus. I'm doing those things. Now listen to this. And it, it, this is when uh, Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached that, that fantastic message that, you know, these are the words spoken by the prophet Joel and we know, we know that. Then it, then it said, at the end of it, it says, And with many other words he did testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word. They were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That was the response to the message. And it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What is this a book of that we're talking about? The Roman doctrine? It's a doctrine. It's a book of doctrine. And fellowship and in breaking bread and prayers. Now listen to this. And fear came upon every soul. That's that, that what we talked about in the Old Testament. That's that evil disposition of an ethical uh, uh, of distress in a particular certain situation. And it says, And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done uh, at the hands of the apostles. Now what is that, that fear? Now is that a fear that's saying, Oh, they're trembling? And, and you talk about this, and really the only way to answer this question effectively is to define what fear is. What is fear? It, it's not that, oh, you, you hear people talk about, it. well, it's a great reverence. What does that mean? I mean, think about it. We can kind of say what it is, yeah. but literally that word, uh, that fear, it's the moral dread of being displeasing to God. Right. And so that, 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 that thing that really should bring about godly sorrow leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. What kind of sorrow? Godly sorrow. What about circumstantial sorrow? Uh-uh. Or circumstantial disappointment leads us to repentance. No. Seeing our sin should never be the, be the root cause of our repentance. Seeing the holiness of God should. 
Now, do you see the difference in yeah. that? Do you folks see the difference in that? Yeah. Many times what we do, we want, we want our, our repentance to respond to our sin. Right. Oh, and, man, Lord, I blew it. I did this and this and this. And so now, I'm, instead, of just, instead of just saying, God, because of who you are, against you and you have I sinned, because I love you, God. Psalms 51. Yeah, because I love you, God. That's why I, I, I shouldn't be thinking this or doing this. Not because, oh, God, I messed up. Babe. Can you help me again? You know? Exactly. So when it says, in, in, in whether it's Genesis uh, 6 or Gen- Exodus 32 or any of these scriptures we're talking about, when it says that, that, that God repented or, or, or was, it, He wasn't disappointed, that God was responding righteously out of His holiness mm. to bring correction into a situation. And so it was always that response. And, and I want to say this, I want to put this in and, and we'll close out with these last two scriptures on that particular question. Then we'll hit a few verses here this morning. And it says in Ephesians 4, 19-32. Ephesians 4, 19-32. You can write this down. And it says, Who being past feelings had given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all cleanliness with greediness. So obviously, he's talking to the church at Ephesus, talking about how people gave themselves over. He said, but we've not so learned Christ. Mm-mm. We've not been ones that, that are always giving themselves over to, to sin and all things that are, that are unclean or greedy. He said, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. What are we coming here today? We're here to be taught of Him. I'm here to learn of Him. I'm here to have the the revelation of Christ Jesus put off. He said that you put off concerning the former conversations of that old man, that old sin nature, which we're going to be talking about in length in the book of Romans as we proceed, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. How is it created? In righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be not angry, sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. He said, Let him that stole, steal no more. Let him that labor, work with his hands the thing which is good, that he may give to him that needs. Let no corrupt communication proceed of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And, and here's that thing about, you know, and I want to touch on this because he, he mentioned that God didn't grieve. And grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. And let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away. And he said, Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, uh, for God's sake, Christ has Forgive. forgiven you. And so we, we, we see that same thing about don't, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So what, is it, what does it mean? Is, is, is he disappointed? Is, is, is he grieved? Or, or, or what is it? Well, he, he sets it up for us. Mm-hmm. He says, listen, this is, this is what we typically used to respond to. This is what we were. But because of the Christ Jesus, who God, uh, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us, that he has put that forth. We, King James in that verse called it evil. But he calls it that 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 vicious disposition. Mm. And so the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. Right. Violence take us by take force. Take it by force. Right. So what does it take it by force with? It takes it forth with the love of God. Right. With that, 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 that power and that holiness and that truth to reveal those things to us from faith to faith that the just might live by, by, faith. by faith in Him. And so in, in the other scripture is 2 Corinthians 7, 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians 7, 7 through 10. He says this. And he, and, and he says, he said, not by His coming only, but by His by this consolation that he was comforted in you. When he told us our earnest desire, your mourning and your fervent mind towards me, that I rejoice the more. For though I made you sorry with the letter, and so this is uh, Paul talking, he said, I do not repent. Though I did repent. Right. Okay? For I perceive that the same epistle has made you sorry, though it were but for a season. 
Now I rejoice that you were made sorry, but that you sorrow to repentance. For you were made sorry after a godly manner, mm. that you might receive damage by us in nothing. In other words, that, that, you, were, that, that you wouldn't see that as something that's scolding you, that's something that's, that's harming you. But you'll see that it's, it's something that, that God... Then it says that godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. death. Right. And so, when God, when I, when I say that, that God is not disappointed in us, what I'm saying is God's response to sin is not. And so, we look at the Old Covenant, and we see that it's a type. It's always a type to, to bring revelation to the new. But it's, it's a type of something, of, of, of God's response to our lives. So, yes, is God, uh, uh, does God respond out of the, 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 that moral distress? And does He spend, just respond viciously? Yes. But what does He respond out of? As a result of sin, Mm-mm. or as a result of righteousness, it's a righteous, righteous response to those things that He has. And so I'll go back and say, God cannot be disappointed in the sense that we're disappointed right. or unmet expectation. Right. And so when 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 there's something unmet, what does God do? He immediately is casting righteousness into that situation. Right. He's wooing you. How many times does He forgive you? Every time it takes. Yeah. The blood is always out there. God is always putting those things forth. And so he repented. And so, uh, or, he, or he began to inject something in. He, he comforted those type of things. And he, he, he brought the consolation. He wanted the godly sorrow. And so he put holiness into those things. And so, again, we get, we get sidetracked by those things, I think, because we always think repentance is a response to sin right. rather than a response yeah. to righteousness. Right. Anything you want to add on, on that that you're that's, thinking? That's good stuff. Hey, Amen. So I hope that did. I hope that didn't create... 50 more questions, but then again, if it creates 50 more questions, we'll sit down and, and we'll try to endeavor to ask those questions as well. But I think it's really key, key if you hear something and you want clarification, don't hesitate to, 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 to send it in. We'll take the time right. to, to begin to put those things out. And if you need further, email us at, at raven at biggrace.com and we'll try to answer those questions more. And so, in a nutshell, you know, does God just get disappointed? Not in the sense that we do. God is saying, listen, I've already made provision for those things. Right. That, that I'm putting those things forth and, and and there's a consequence of coming against the holiness of God and that's that grieving. Right. And that grieving is not that we do that we're just like giving up. But it's it's the reaction when sin comes in contact with holiness. Mm. It creates a response. Yeah. When when sin came in the holiness of, of God in the garden, what did it do? Boom. Creation. Yeah. Fail as a as a result of that. So that is that is what the grieving is. It's the con- be not deceived. Right. God is not mocked. Right. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If sin is injected, there's a grievous, there's a grievous response right. to those things. But in that, where sin abounded, the grace of God abounded even greater. And so that's the repentance of God. Yeah. It's the abounding grace. It's the pouring out of those things into that circumstance to get you not to respond to the element of your sin, which brings about condemnation, Mm. But to respond in righteousness and that moral dread. We talked about great fear in the book of Acts came upon a moral dread of being displeasing to God. You're not doing it because of, of, of what it's going to do to you, right. but you're doing it what's going to do to God. Like yeah. David said in response to Nathan the prophet confronting him regarding his sin with Bathsheba, against you and you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. Yeah. And he tells him, he says, don't take your spirit from him. Yeah. Don't don't let me be grievous to you. Mm-hmm. But I want to respond in holiness. That way when you judge me, he said, that you'll be righteous in your judgment. Yes. And so that's really kind of wrapping up verse two about you know he promised beforehand by his prophets that God has the foreknowledge of those things. And for every one of us that we're here today, that that, that we're 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 the product of God's response to sin. 
Right. But a godly response to sin. Mm -hmm. Now, the, 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 the Bible says that the wrath of man worketh death. It, it, it works not the righteousness yeah, works of God. Not, yeah. And so when we have the wrath of man in, the, the man's going to say, you cross me? Yeah. Eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. He said, it has been written, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. He says, when man spikes you on the cheek, to the other, and so the whole the whole passion of Christ, the whole uh, uh, sacrifice of Him up on the uh, the tree, was really the definition of what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Sin came, and what did what did He do? He responded out of righteousness. That was that was the ultimate act of what we're talking about. Right. Him being grieved, Him being Him repenting, Him saying, "I could destroy." It. What did He say? At any time, He could call legions down yeah. and destroy all of Himself. But but did He? Mm -hmm. So what do we see? We see what righteous repentance really right. is versus what it's not. Right. He, and so what was his words to, to the Father? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right. And so he could have said, listen, I'm the Son of God. I'm holy. You don't have right, no right to do this. But Jesus, we could say Jesus repented yeah. on the cross in the sense of what we're talking about with the, with the godly nature of what repentance is. Or he said, you know what? I'm going to inject comfort into the situation. I'm going to respond violently when he held out his arms, he allowed him to pierce his hands and his feet and to pierce his side. That that was God's response to sin. Right. Rather than what we think of as a disappointment or a letdown or whatever else. God already saw it. He said it, was, it happened before the foundation of the world. Now you're seeing the physical manifestation of what it is, of, the, of what I, how I respond when, when I repent or when I'm grieved. I respond in like manner. Right. Good stuff. Think about anything you're thinking about. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Praise God. Do you get that? If you get that, praise God. I hope you do. Uh, and if you need any more clarification, I would be glad to, to get that to you. Thank you so much, Steve, for, for doing that, to, 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 to give us the opportunity to kind of bring that out in verse 2. And so, last uh, Thursday, I guess it was, before I took off for Texas, yeah, we, we got through, uh, we were talking about the deity of Christ in verse 3. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, just really breaking these things down. Again, if you have not been a part of these previous lessons, we have those things available on our blog at ravenoutreach.blogspot.com that you can actually uh, go on to and and listen to those things. Down either download them to your computer. You can do like I did. I download those to my MP3 or my my iPod in this case and listen to those things later. Or if you uh, you can burn it on your uh, computer. If you don't have a CD burner, email me at raven at .com and I'll burn you one and, and send it to you uh, absolutely free of charge for that. And so we were talking about concerning the, 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 uh, His Son, Jesus Christ. Right. And really what He wanted to establish in the Word was it had to be established about the, who Jesus was. Right. Because if, if Jesus wasn't who He said He was, Right. Then what he did would be totally ineffectual. Yeah. We mentioned some that were teaching an erroneous doctrine about you know it, it wouldn't be that big a deal if Jesus turned out not to be uh, who he said he was or if he wasn't truly born of a virgin. They they, they mentioned things about you know it, it's not that solid. That's just one thing in my faith. Guys, listen. You're, if you're if, if if Jesus wasn't God, if he wasn't deity, if he wasn't said he, who he said he was. Right. That you got, you and I are out of luck. We, there's no hope for us whatsoever. Right. <laughs> but we said here today as as being reconciled unto the Father because of who Jesus was, right? Not just because of what He did, right? Because what He, he was. did was magnified, but because of who He, he was. was, right? And so, if you didn't get that, I'm not going to go any more to that. But so we launched that. Then it says that uh, concerning His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord, establishing who He was, we did, which was made of the seed of David. According to the, to the flesh. Here's where we want to kind of pick up today and, and cover these next couple of verses. You know, according to David, according to David, it's really used in the context of, of, of 
the ancestry of David. Right. And we think about how, how important that was. You know, through one, whose sin? How did sin enter in? By one, one man. One yeah. man's uh-huh. sin. Now, Pastor, when, when Adam was created, how was he created? How was he created in the sense of uh, what he was made of? Or, or what, was he, what, was his, what, was his, what was the attributes that God gave him? It says, let us create man in our own image. own image. And so, Adam was created as a man in the image, or just a reflection. Now, if you and I are sitting here today, and I can, I, we look in a mirror, or we behold something, or you guys are seeing us on, on, a, on, a, on a screen. Now, are you really seeing us? No, not really. Well, yeah, no. Or what do you see? You're seeing an image. You're seeing an image of us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now, if you're looking at that image of us upon your, your 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 TV screen or your your monitor or whatever, you're not actually seeing us. You're seeing the the, the characteristics and the attributes of us, depending upon the resolution that you have on your screen. It's it's going to see how clear we are. If you're looking at us in HD television or whatever, it's going to be clearer than if you're looking through us through through some type of low uh, uh, low and pixelated type of broadcast. Mm-hmm. It's, but we're, it's it's that's an image of who we are. That's that's it. So if you got a, an internet connection, you're listening to this on. It's it's slow. Maybe there'll be a delay. I don't know. But what you're seeing is you're not actually seeing us. You're seeing an image of us, of us that's projected out. And there's all these variables. So when when God created Adam in His own image, He created him as a reflection of Him. And at that point, there was total clarity. There was nothing that would muddy it up. There was nothing that would take away from it. There was nothing that would distract from it whatsoever. And so he, he created him in, in, in that image. And so sin entered in through, through man's fall. With, right. with he and, and Eve's sin, what immediately happened? That image changed. Mm-hmm. And so it says here that, that which was made of the seed of David. So because, that, that it, that because man fell, it would have to be the, the, the price of man bringing it back, but it couldn't be just any man. Right. It would have to be a man that, that came in perfection. Or we talk about Emmanuel. We discussed some right. of these things last week when we began to speak about Jesus. And so when it talks about uh, he came after the seed of David according to the flesh, what he was saying, listen, that, that I've given you a high priest and it's going to be Christ Jesus. Right. And it's going to be after the, 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 the seed of man. And so we know, we talk about the virgin birth, but that seed had as its, its source... Not the seed of fallen man, but the righteousness of God. Mm. He gave the promise. He said the Spirit of God is going to, going to hover upon you. And you're going to be impregnated. You're right. going to be with child. And, and, and His name is going to be called Emmanuel. Mm. And so what it's saying here in, in this is going to say, listen, He gave deity. And look at the context of that. Talking about the deity of Christ. Right. Talking about who He was. That, the, that What made that sacrifice effectual. But he, he also put in there that He's not just the Son of God. But he's the son of man. He's the son of man, yeah. And so he, and he, and he, and he of the seed of David. And that, when that even, even what he's, what he's trying to say there as well too, there was a promise given to David that his son would sit upon the throne for in his generation will last forever. So that's even tying into the Old Testament saying, look, this is the, the Messiah, the promise of the one that he's well, What it ties into, pastors, when it, it says, which he had promised before by the prophets. Right. And so he's going back and he's saying, listen, I've laid these things out before you. I've laid these doctrines out that are going to be exposed to you in this letter one day. To, to give these things that through, through the ages until Jesus Christ comes back to be built upon. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Right. And I'm showing you how I'm going to bring those things. Now, David in the Old Testament was a type of Christ. Mm-hmm. He, he well, Obviously, he wasn't Christ. Right. He, he was a man of, of like passions and, and obviously made mistakes, but he was a type of Christ. And, and I say that because of this. David was that second king over Israel. Right. 
And so we, we had the first king, Saul, right. which was reflected of people's hearts. Then we had David, which was called a man. After God's own heart. After whose heart? After God's After own. the heart of God. He was right. a man that was reflective of the heart of God. Now, who was Saul reflective of? Of man. The heart of the people. Yeah. Now, God never intended for Saul to be king. Right. He allowed that. He, 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 he injected that into that situation to do what? To reveal the heart of the people. Mm. And so, fortunately, God repented of that. We'll use that word repented in the right sense. God brought comfort in that by raising up someone as a David. So David was that, that type of, of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, of Jesus or that type of Christ in the Old Testament. We know where he came from. He was the, the youngest son right. out of, the, out of the, the tribe of Judah. Right. He was the, the son of Jesse. Now, what tribe did, did Jesus come out of as a result? I think it was Judah. Judah wasn't. He's yeah. called the lion. The tribe of, of Judah. The tribe of Judah. And so we, we see that all these attributes that are, that are put to him. And think about when David was called. You can put this in your, in your notes in, in 1 Samuel 16. David came in. And, I mean, Samuel the prophet came in to find a, a king. And, uh, and he went through all the other sons. Mm-hmm. Now, think about what, what Israel tried to do when they looking for a Messiah. They went through all the other people. Right. They they looked to the they looked to the, the Eliab. They 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 looked to the oldest brother who had some major character flaws, or the oil did. Now man would have probably picked him. Right. Because he, he fit the part. Right. But the oil wouldn't pour out upon him. Mm-hmm. And went through all those other brothers and said, Don't you have anyone else? And so what had the what had, what had happened? They had, had had used up all of their options at that point. Now here's what's important about that as we as we said here today, not just two thousand years ago when, when, when Paul said in Corinth and, and wrote this letter to the church at Rome, but as we said here today, this is a type when he speaks of the, according to the seed of David, it's revealing a type of what's going to happen in the end times. Saul being a type of Antichrist. Mm. David being the type of, 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 of the Christ, the anointed one, the, the Messiah, the, 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 the king that, that's coming that's after God's own heart. And so right now, and we, we see it in the book of Revelation with the description of the Laodicean church, that we know that in the last days, and we talked about that in lesson one, that false Christs are going to arise. Right. And they're going to see right. many. And if, unless those days are shortened, even for the, for the elect's elect sake, the elect would be deceived. That the time is coming when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they'll heap themselves teachers having itchy ears. That they'll give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And as a result of that, what's going to happen? There's going to be false Christ that arise. Mm-hmm. And we know specifically there's going to be an Antichrist. The Antichrist is going to be reflective of whose heart? Of man's heart. Of man's heart. Right. Just like David. Right. And it's and going to be everything that, they, that man wants and man desires. Which is example, so was Saul. Right. Saul was, well, Saul was a man that the, the, the Bible says stood head and shoulders above everyone else. And so even looking at this, we see the prophetic leaning mm. and the eschatology in that verse yeah. that says he's after the, 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 the seed of David. In other words, he's going to come and he's going to be reflective of that foundation, the one after God's own heart, contrasting the one that's going to come before him. That God never intended that, 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 that for Saul to be king. God never intended for the nation Israel, for the people to be, be, uh, be perplexed and be deceived by this king Saul. But... It came out and it flowed out of their hearts. Mm-hmm. And so when it talks about the, the, the seed of David, it's saying, listen, I'm going to send one that's going to have that same type of heart. But he's going to be the, 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 the complete manifestation of that holiness, reflective of those type of things. So we see just in that, just the eschatology. And we, we think sometimes, you know, man, is there that much stuff? And so in the Scripture, David, think about this, Pastor. How many Davids have you heard about in the Scripture? 
I'm trying to think. Other than one of the most familiar one is the one we know of. You know why it's the most familiar? It's the only mention of anyone named David. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. You know, you see others that are repeated. We talked about last week about, actually when we first opened up, Paul, the servant of Jesus Christ. Paul started out as Saul. as Saul. And so there's many. Then you get in the, you get in the New Testament specifically, and you, somebody drops the name Mary, and you right. think, okay, who is that? Is that Mary uh, Magdalene? Is that Mary, the mother of Jesus? Right. And so, but with David, David was given that unique name. And, mm. and as a result, we see that after the seed of David, there was only one, one King David. David. Right. And there's only one Christ. There's only one Redeemer. So it's a type. And so he was literally uh, placed upon that. And the Scripture says that the great, uh, the, uh, the great David's greater son. There's 58 New Testament references to David, including words we're talking about. He's the, the, the son of David. And Paul states that we're studying here that Jesus is descended from David according to the flesh. And so Jesus himself is recorded by John as saying, I am the root and the offspring of David. Right. Revelation 22:16. So Jesus is establishing. Listen, listen. There's a lineage. Right. There's a type. There's a shadow. There's a pattern that I've developed from that one that God intended to be the King over Israel, and from that one that, that I've intended to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so the reason He is bringing those things together is to just show that 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 that, that the fulfillment of that type and shadow. Jesus came not to do away with the law, but that the law, or in all things might be revealed or, 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 or made manifest or completed through Him. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, concerning the Son Jesus, that's the deity of Christ, after the seed of David, those things that had to be made manifest. And so when it talks about the, the seed of David, we're saying that God is coming and He's going to be, make Himself manifest in the flesh, but not just any flesh, but God, according to the prophets of old, just right. as He promised. Yeah. He's going to maintain that, that lineage. And think about even how, you know, we, we talk about how... how they got in, and he was the great. David was the great grandson of, of, of Ruth and Boaz, mm-hmm. and so we've seen in, even in that relationship. And I don't have time to go into that today's program. That with Ruth and Boaz, it shows how how God brought that that that, that Moabites in that were wicked, and God should, just with us that that, that that even in our wickedness, God made a provision, Amen. and He brought us in, and we've been we've been uh, grafted into that vine, and we've become partakers of the divine right. nature through faith in Christ Jesus. Yes. And so tomorrow we're going to uh, we're going to hit uh, and he declared to be the son of God with power. power it's going to be really good. We'll probably get into three or four verses tomorrow and make a little bit faster headway. And again, we're not we're not trying to make fast headway. We're not trying to rush through this. Uh, we want to we want to really get into this and give you everything that we can. So if you have questions uh, regarding any of the things that you hear and you want some some more clarification, you want us to go a little bit deeper, that's what we're here for. Amen. We're not here for us. We're here. For you, we just get the, we just get to reap the benefit of, of getting to get into the Word Amen. and allowing the Word to get into us. But we thank you once again for joining us for the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Yes. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow at nine o'clock a.m., nine to ten p.m. Eastern Time. Appreciate you being in. If you missed any of this message, uh, we will have uh, uh, this available on the website later on in the afternoon. And so uh, we appreciate you. Uh, uh, coming out, if you if you want to hear it all, if you came in late, I know we had some that have come in late. You can hear this all probably late this afternoon. Steve will make this available to me, and I'll, I'll connect that that link to you. Uh, be praying. We're, I mentioned we're going to New York City this coming weekend. Be praying for us, and just that God will bring a tremendous harvest. Yes. We we love you, and uh, we're praying for you. But as we go, I'm gonna let you pray us out. Pray okay. us for people's blessing today. But I want to remind you tonight 
at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 7.30 uh, Pacific. We're going to have the, the Raven Nation broadcast. We've got some special guests. Okay. We've got some folks that are going to be with us straight from New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh-oh. They were out this past weekend in the St. Bernard Parish. St. Bernard Parish was the one that was literally completely demolished on, in eastern New Orleans by that. But they've been out there in the streets preaching the gospel in, in New Orleans. And they're here with us uh, today. And they're going to be on the Raven uh, Nation program tonight at 8.30. And they'll be going with us to New, uh, New York City. And so be with us tonight. Like I said, we've got some special guests that are going to be in, in studio on the Raven Nation pro, uh, program. Tell somebody about it. Bring them over and get in front of the, the, the screen and be interactive just like it is here. And uh, we'll be there. But as you pray, just pray for a blessing on tonight's uh, uh, service. And just pray specifically... Uh, Brother Steve prayed he's going to bring those folks into Elkhart right. County Jail. Right. God will just give them a word for those young Amen. people. Or, or I think this is actually adults. That they're going to, man, the Spirit of God will just fall and it'll anoint the people that he's taken in there for the first time and that God will just be revealed in prayer. He's going to pray and get us out. I love you and we will see you Amen. tomorrow. Pray, Pastor. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, we just thank you and honor you, God. Father, we just pray for, for Lord God, Steve and that group, Lord, that's going to the jail. God, I pray for the anointing that breaks yokes. Yes. God, there is yokes, Lord God, upon those young people, Lord God, or adults or whoever they're going to go minister to. God, I would ask that you would put a word in their mouth, Lord God, that would cause men to even, Lord God, by godly sorrow, repent, Lord God, fall upon their knees and cry out to you, God. God, I pray for wisdom, Lord God, if they ask questions, God, that you would give give the, the men and the women that are going, Lord God, just wisdom on how to speak, Lord God, on how to speak in those situations. Lord, I pray for, for our teams across the, the nation, Lord God. Father, I pray for for every individual that's battling with sickness, Lord God, and battling with with problems, Lord God, and family issues, God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that those things would not stop the Word of God from penetrating. Lord, I, I come against that one that will try to snatch that seed, Lord God, causing us not to comprehend or to understand. Lord, I come against the sickness and I remind sickness that you were defeated on the cross of Calvary over 2,000 years ago, that the blood is still enough. It's still enough to save, deliverance is enough to heal. Lord, I pray, God, that the wisdom of this Word, Lord God, Father, I pray that... that, that that we would be a people, Lord God, not just waiting for the mornings to, yes. to dive into the Word of God, but that we would even find ourselves even studying ahead of time, Lord God, trying to so that we would even have more, Lord God, that we can study in the Word of God and have that Word planted deep in us, Lord God, that will spring forth and that many, Lord God, will find themselves resting in it, Lord God. I pray that Your Word would be like a fire into our bones, would be a lamp into our feet, and we thank You, Lord God. Bless everyone, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. We'll see you tonight at 8.30 Eastern Time for the Raven Nation. And we'll see you right back here for coffee and the Word of God at 9 o'clock. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great day.